Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind with your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and join me and my sister, Carla, and then get ready to brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. We'll give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, and then toss out a few random musings just to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on your walk with Jesus. So let's get this show on the road. Good morning, Carla. Good morning, John. Good morning, Daily Grinders. Here we are grinding. It's it's Thursday, February 8th. And on this date in 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, was executed by beheading for plotting the death of Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, yeah. You can be plotting deaths of other monarchs. It was not, not good. Not back in the day, man. Off with your hat. That's they were That's they were big they on that. And on this date in eighteen fifty one, Portland, the city of roses, was incorporated in Oregon. Portland, happy birthday, Oregon. I mean yeah, Portland. Portland. <laughs> I didn't know it was the city of roses though. I thought that was yeah. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. I I have a feeling a lot of people claim those kind of things. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know if Burleson, Texas is still the crepe myrtle capital of Texas. I know there was a big push for that for a while. I remember when they planted so many. Yeah. Back yeah. in the 80s, maybe. Yeah. We were vying for that honor, distinction, whatever. Um, and today, on February 8th in 1887, the Dawes Act authorized by um, authorized the President of the United States to survey Native American tribal lands and divide them into individual allotments. That's how we got Oklahoma. Oh, the Dawes Act. Yeah, not that, a good act. Yeah. And on this date in 1922, President Warren G. Harding brought the first radio set into the White House. Oh, that's a big deal. How about yeah. that? What do you think, man? Fancy uptown. February 8th is Laugh and Get Rich Day. Oh, what a, what a great plan. Yeah, just write um, that down. To okay. do, to, on my to-do list today, two things. <laughs> Laugh and get, get rich. It's National Fly a Kite Day. Oh, like Mary Poppins. Let's yes, go. Yes, I cannot hear that string of words and not hear Bert. <laughs> right. Oh. Yep. It is also National Molasses Bar Day. Oh, that sounds yummy, too. Yeah, a little molasses bar. Sure does. Full stuff. Um, and for those out there in Daily Grind world, uh, molasses not only is a thing that... You remember when we had those big molasses tubs for the cows? Out in yes, yes. Had those big wheels on them and stuff, yeah. Yep. But it's a product of either sugar beets or sugar cane. And uh, sugar cane molasses is really preferred for human consumption, but they use a lot of sugar beet molasses for livestock. It is the ingredient in brown sugar that gives it its distinctive color and flavor and moisture. There you go. All due to molasses. Um, And it also, as a sweetener compared to honey, contains more vitamins and minerals than other sugars. How about that? Um, And I cannot ever talk about molasses without telling one of Joe Ed Spencer's favorite stories. About the father mole, the mama mole, and the baby mole who are digging around underground and they finally pop their heads up on the earth. And the papa mole says, Oh, I smell pancakes. <laughs> mama mole says, Oh, I smell melted butter. And the baby mole says, I smell molasses. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I either never heard him say that or oh my gosh. Block it heard, come out. Okay. I've heard him say that joke at like Rotary Club several times. Oh no. And he would just do that I can't make oh, a sound laugh, you know, where his eyes just crinkle up and he get that big grin. Yeah. Oh, yep. So I can see it now. <laughs> we just digitally put that into posterity. So there we oh, go. Oh my gosh. And now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit. Writing is really 1% inspiration and 99% not getting distracted by the internet. Oh, don't you know? Just about everything else is that also. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's, here's kind of a conundrum for you dealing with maybe physics. If you think about Swiss cheese, the more cheese you have, the bigger the number of holes you have. And the larger the number of holes, the less cheese you have. So the more cheese you have, the less cheese you have. It's like the conservation of cheese. <laughs> of Swiss cheese and holes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I like the, the original title for the Breakfast Club was Detention. Oh, not as catchy. No. I still don't know why they called it the Breakfast Club because they never ate breakfast. The only meal they ate in that movie was lunch. So, mm. I know. Star Wars, A New Hope. I mean, that first one that came out, episode four, that we all saw and were mesmerized away by. If you think about it, that movie is just basically Darth Vader's kids getting him in trouble with his boss. Because his daughter steals the plans and then his son blows it up. So I'm just saying. Well, I never thought of it quite like that. Different ways to interpret <laughs> There are two types of people, Carla. Those who divide people into two types and those who don't. Well, I think we know what kind you are. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely the former. I'm always trying to find those two types. I think in a very important part of staying organized is having a large enough junk drawer. I think you're right. You've got to have a place to put miscellaneous items. Because they're just so end up all over the place. Yes. Right. Oh. In the Marvel and DC universes, I think that for every Spider-Man or Iron Man or whoever, uh, there's probably at least 10,000 potential unknown heroes who died in the first weeks trying to test their powers. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Saying, maybe. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. The planet Venus is nearly identical in size to the Earth. Okay. Yeah. The Venus and Earth's radius differ in size by only 201 miles. Oh, that's not very and, much in terms no. of a planet. And Earth is the one that's just a little bit larger. There you okay. go. Carla, a cookie that you eat while baking cookies is a cooking cookies cookie. Cooking cookies cookie. Oh, some of my favorite cookies. <laughs> I love yes. a cooking's cookie cookie. Right. Yeah. Me too. I love them as much as the end result. The I do ones too. that make actually survive. <sighs> but it's the it's that quality control one that's really right. the best. Right. Yes. Right, right. But it makes me wonder though, why do we bake cookies and cook bacon? Oh, that is there's so many of those. I know. I know. Oh. English. It's funny. Mm. Um Carla, in the 1950s, you could have bought a toy chemistry lab called the Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Laboratory, and it would have included radioactive elements such as polonium-210 and uranium ore. Wow, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> 
What did you get for Christmas, Jimmy? Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. That was about the same time that candy cigarettes were a big deal, too. I mean, we were just all in on. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah. No car seats, no seatbelts, no. radioactive toy. <laughs> and still, we survived. And still, yes, yes. In the water, so. the water hose. Oh my yes. gosh. Hey, oh, man, happy Friday. Oh, sorry, Carla, what? No, I was just commenting on how the water always tasted terrible like metal, but we just drank it anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But you had to let all that hot, scalding water come out yes. first yes. for a while to get cool because yep. it would be like oh, boiling water out of <laughs> that first cycle. <laughs> Crazy. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. Last summer, getting ready to start the Daily Grind, I had reread Henry Nowen's Reaching Out. And in episode five, I talked about the transition from hostility to hospitality. Today, I want to consider what is at once both the most difficult and the most fundamental of the movements of the Spirit discussed by now on. And this is the movement from illusion to prayer. It is the movement that undergirds and makes possible the other two movements, from loneliness to solitude and from hostility to hospitality. And it's also the movement that leads us really to the core of our being, where we encounter God in a personal and intimate way. Of this, now one notes, the movement from illusion to prayer undergirds and makes possible the movements from loneliness to solitude and from hostility to hospitality, and it leads us to the core of the spiritual life. This first and final movement is so central to our spiritual life that it is very hard to come in touch with it to get a grasp on it, to get a hold of it, even to put a finger on it. Not because this movement is vague or unreal, but because it is so close that it hardly allows the distance needed for articulation and understanding. Maybe this is the reason why the most profound realities of life are the easiest victims of trivialization. It's from chapter seven. And it's not only words that suffer such cheapening, but the perceptions of experiences themselves. Now it describes how. Newspaper interviews with monks who have given their life to prayer and silence and solitude out of a burning love for God usually boil down to silly stories about changes in regulations and seemingly strange customs. Questions about the why of love, marriage, the priesthood, or any basic life decision usually lead to meaningless platitudes, a lot of stuttering and shaking of shoulders. Not that these questions are unimportant, but that their answers are too deep and too close to our innermost being to be caught in human words. Also from chapter seven. So now it describes illusion as the false belief that we can control our own life and destiny, that we can find fulfillment and happiness in the things of this world, and that we can avoid suffering and death. 
illusion prevents us from seeing the reality of God's presence and action in our lives and from trusting in his love and grace. Illusion also keeps us from praying because prayer requires a humble and honest acknowledgement of our dependence on God, our need for his mercy, and our desire for his will. To move from illusion to prayer now and suggests that we need to face our mortality, our limitations, our sinfulness. We need to accept the fact that we are not the masters of our own life, but that we are creatures who belong to God and who are called to live in communion with him. We need to let go of our illusions and open ourselves to the mystery and wonder of God who's beyond our understanding and comprehension, but who reveals himself to us in Jesus Christ. We need to enter into that dialogue with God, not only with words, but with our whole being, our thoughts, feelings, actions, and silence. We need to listen to God's voice, which speaks to us in the scriptures, in the events of our lives, in the people around us, and in the depths of our heart. We need to respond to God's voice not only with praise and thanksgiving, but also with confession and repentance, with petition and intercession, with surrender and obedience. Now its conclusion is that prayer is not an extra benefit to life, but a radical exposure of the falseness and emptiness and triviality that surrounds these words, experiences, and concepts. It is not about performing prayer as if we were in charge. Rather, it is about letting go of our illusions and opening our hearts to a place of prayer that is already there, a divine gift waiting to be accepted. The problem, however, is that our clever hearts can use anything to avoid God, even spiritual experiences, and we are left wondering what to do. Now one puts it like this, we cannot plan, organize, or manipulate God. To think otherwise must be illusion. Yet, without careful discipline, we cannot receive him either. There you go. Without discipline, we will be left with the whims of our own heart. Indeed, it is this simultaneous recognition of both our own spiritual poverty and our need to receive prayer through discipline that we should attempt to foster. So the movement from illusion to prayer is not easy or smooth. But I will tell you, it's a lifelong struggle and a constant conversion. There are many forms and expressions of prayer. And each person has to find his or her own way of praying. However, the essence of prayer is not a technique or a method, but a relationship with God who loves us and invites us to love him back. So today, thanks for listening. I hope that you will begin to consider uh, prayer is not a skill to master, but a gift to enter into with uh, a father who loves us. I hope you have a good Thursday. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow on a new episode of The Daily Grind. If you like what we're doing here, uh, please rate us, review us, helps people find the podcast, share it with your friends. Go full of grace and peace uh, in the name of 
a God who loves us and invites us to love him back.